the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Tuesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And a bit of a surprise as we come off an off day on a Monday in Arena Tuesday, because if you've been keeping track of the Braves, you know, especially this year, it's rather odd that there was not a, a roster move made on a Monday like we've seen. On a, on a lot of day, on a lot of off days, especially Mondays this year, the Braves have made some interesting roster moves. Some have been forced, some have been, you know, expected due to injury and what have you. Others have been a bit surprising, but it was a quiet day on the transaction front when it came to the Braves. And the hope is, is that will continue as Sean Murphy continues to uh, recover from his hamstring injury. Perhaps there would be a no moves on Monday is good news, and perhaps Sean Murphy can avoid an injury list stint, and the Braves will be able to get him back in the lineup this week as they start off a road trip against a, against a division rival in the Philadelphia Phillies. And of course, what is going to headline? That matchup, we'll get a bit into the pitching matchups and what have you in the second part of the show, but what's going to headline that matchup is the fact that both the Phillies and the Braves have been two of the hottest teams in the majors. That also includes the, the, the uh, Miami Marlins. That's the thing about the Braves. You know, six straight wins, an incredible winning pace in the month of June, once again, like we've seen them do, you know, many times in recent years. But the fact is, is that the Braves haven't really been able to put any distance between them and the rest of the division because both the Marlins and the Phillies have been winning at very impressive clips as well. But a big reason for the Braves' success has obviously been their offense as well as their bullpen. You know, myself and others on the Battery Power Podcast uh, Network have talked about it. The fact is, it's a bit of a 180, right? You know, in May, it was the starting rotation that surprisingly was the strength of this Braves team, while the inconsistencies of the offense and bullpen struggles, you know, they unfortunately reared their, reared their ugly heads a few times in the month of May. But in the month of June, it's a 180. It's the offense and the bullpen that has really stood out while the starting pitching has regressed a bit. Now, the Braves have been able to you know, overcome the struggles of the starting pitching because their offense has just been so incredibly efficient and balanced for the month of June. It'll be interesting to see if the Braves can continue to find that success as their schedule starts to get a bit tougher in the coming weeks. But one thing that does stand out, one of the biggest reasons why the Braves' offense has been so balanced. Stephen Tolbert wrote about it over at BatteryPower.com yesterday. I highly encourage you to read his excellent piece. But one thing that stands out about this offense, one of the reasons why it's become so efficient and so good in the month of June is because the Braves right now just honestly feature the most complete lineup in baseball. What I mean by that is this. When you look at the five through nine spots, if you go back a few weeks... I discussed, especially against right-handed pitching, how the bottom half of the Braves lineup was struggling mightily with runners in scoring position. As a matter of fact, in the month of May, 
when you combine the collective efforts of the Braves' 5-9 through nine hitters with runners in scoring position in the month of May, the, those spots in the batting order collectively, with runners in scoring position, had a 529 OPS and an WRC Plus of 37. That was the, those two were the worst marks of any major league team's five through nine spots in the order with runners in scoring position. In other words, the Braves had the least producing, in terms of offense with runners in scoring position, the bottom half of the Braves lineup was the least productive of any bottom half of any MLB lineup in the month of May. But consider the fact that in May, the five through nine spots of the Braves order Collectively with runners in scoring position, a WRC plus of 37 and an OPS of 529. In the month of June, the five through nine spots in the Braves lineup collectively with runners in scoring position have an OPS of 966 and a WRC plus of 149. In other words, the bottom half of the Braves lineup has gone from the least productive bottom half of an order in MLB with runners in scoring position in May to be in the third best in the month of June. That is a complete 180, and that has been a huge reason why this team has been able to overcome the struggles of the bullpen, but also it's a sign of just how talented the Braves' order can be, or lineup can be, once everybody is finally able to get going. You know, we talk about the fact that Michael Harris II had run into some bad luck. He's finally started to get going. We've talked about the fact that Eddie Rosario really had not gotten a click as of yet. He's on one of his hot streaks. Orlando Arcia continues to be amazing at the shortstop position. As a matter of fact, four of the top ten highest-rated players in the in position players in the majors in the month of June in terms of FWAR are Braves, Ozzy Albies, Orlando Arcia, Eddie Rosario, and Michael Harris II. Now, Eddie uh, Ozzy Albies is now batting in the second spot, but for the majority of June, he's been batting in the bottom of the order. So it's been an absolute revelation. It's been a complete 180 in a positive way when it comes to the bottom half of the Braves' order, now arguably being the most productive in baseball offensively, when in May it was arguably the least productive. That has been the reason why. That has been the catalyst for why this offense has been so consistent and why it's been the best in baseball in the month of June. But the hope is, is that that will, offense will continue to support the pitching staff, but what really can stand out, as a great start to this series against Philadelphia is Spencer Strider once again finding his groove against a pretty tough Phillies line. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. 
Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. As we enter Tuesday and, and the Braves uh, start off a road trip against the Philadelphia Phillies, where we stand in the division currently is this. The Braves are 46-26, and 26, 20 games above 500 right now, and the best record in the National League. But they also are have the best um, division lead in the National League when it comes to uh, the, the comfort, you know, when it comes to the distance between them and the rest of their division. Right now, the Braves hold a four-and-a-half game lead over the Miami Marlins, as well as an eight-game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies. But again, what stood out about this NL East division is the fact that simply the three hottest teams, at least in the National League, have been the Braves, the Marlins, and the Phillies. As a matter of fact, entering tonight's game, the Braves are 13-3 over their past 16 games. The Phillies are 13-2 over their past 15 games. And when you look at records in the National League, the Marlins actually have the third best record behind the Diamondbacks and obviously behind the Braves. So despite the fact that the Braves have been playing incredible baseball, they've had to do it because of how hot both the Marlins and Phillies have been in recent weeks. So something is going to have to give in this matchup. But what continues to stand out for the Braves when it comes to being able to distance themselves from the rest of the division is the fact that the Braves do so well against NL East opponents. So far this year, the Braves are 17-6, and the Marlins are 11-12, and the Phillies are 5-8, and the Mets are 12-11, and and the Nationals are 7-15. and The Braves, just like they've done against the Marlins and other teams, have done very well against the Phillies in recent years as well. So what's going to continue to determine just how much of a distance, just how much of a level of comfort the Braves have in terms of keeping distance between themselves and the division is really going to come down to how good the Braves do against their division rivals. Because the Phillies, by far, you know, every team so far in the NL East has played 22 games against their other division opponents, despite the Phillies. The Phillies have only played 13. So for the Braves, a big key for them in this series is simply being able to play to their true talent level and figure out a way to win the series. Because even if you only win one game this series, that means that the Phillies have only made up one game in the division, which at the the very best would allow for them to be seven games behind at the end of this series. So it's not that complicated. It's not, you know, that there's, there's, you know, a lot to figure out when it comes to the Braves. Just simply play to their true talent level And if they can get at least one win in this series, I still think that's going to be a success because they've done a good job of being able to, at least against the Phillies, keep that division lead at a comfortable level. But the Marlins are another another story. And the thing about the Marlins is, is that right now, they are continuing to win despite competition. Just yesterday, they dominated the uh, Toronto Blue Jays on Monday to get within four and a half games of the Braves. Their lineup continues to do well with timely hitting. Their pitching continues to be absolutely amazing. So the Braves do need to continue at an impressive clip to keep the distance there between them and the Marlins so that the Braves could get a series win in this series against the Phillies. It could do a lot of good things. But the big key overall for Atlanta 
is to take advantage of these series when it faces off against other NL East opponents, and if they can continue to win at a very good rate against their own division, more than likely the Braves should be able to maintain the division lead. But the, for the Braves to be able to do that in this series, they're likely going to have to get a bit more production from their starting pitching than they have in recent weeks. And of course, that spotlight centers on Spencer Strider. Listen, I've talked about it you know, in, in numerous times over the past few starts. Going into his last start against Detroit, you know, um, Spencer Strider throughout the end of May into June, what he really had run into is struggles giving up the long ball as well as, you know, giving up more walks than he usually did. But with Detroit, it was simple. Detroit absolutely knew they were guessing right far more often than not in the first few innings when it came to Spencer Strider giving up home runs. I believe the Tigers were able to hit three home runs off of Spencer Strider in the first few innings of his last outing. It was last Wednesday during the doubleheader. But one interesting thing that came from looking into, you know, what's kind of put Strider in a position where he's had a rougher stretch than usual over the past month or so. Again, small sample size probably plays into it more than anything. But in my opinion, another thing that stands out is the fact that teams are starting to guess right. They're starting to figure out that if they can sit on Spencer Strider's fastball early in the count, they're likely going to get a pitch that they can drive, and right now they're just connecting. And the numbers seem to back that up as well. If you look at the numbers for Spencer Strider coming into his last start against Detroit, among all pitchers in baseball, who have had at least 500 counts at the plate of 0, 0, 0, 1, 1, 1, or 1, 0. In other words, when you look at starting pitchers who have had 500 or more events of being within the first two or three pitches of an at-bat, Spencer Strider used his fastball. He had the second highest percentage of forcing fastballs used in those situations. So it makes sense. Major league staffs, major league hitters, they're smart individuals. They're smart staffs. They'll be able to figure out how to potentially have success against a pitcher, especially if he consistently uses a certain type of pitch early in the count. Well, against Detroit versus like the first 10 hitters or so, Spencer Strider overwhelmingly threw fastballs early in the count and the Detroit Tigers were able to connect and hit those home runs. Well, after the first 10 batters of the game, Spencer Strider mixed it up a bit more, using his slider, using his changeup almost exclusively on first pitches, and he had more success. So perhaps the key for Spencer Strider, and again, short sample size, a rough stretch, those likely are the biggest explanations as to why he struggled, but Spencer Strider mixing in his secondary pitches, using the slider, using the changeup more often in the first few pitches of an at-bat, that hopefully can lead to better times ahead for Strider, because he's certainly going to need to find that success with a lineup like the Phillies, and especially with how hot Kyle Schwarber has been at the plate as of late. Spencer Strider limiting the long ball in this matchup is going to be a huge key. The pitching matchups for this series against Philadelphia lineup is this. Spencer Strider will face off against Ranger Suarez on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, it'll be A.J. Smith-Shaver versus Aaron Nola, and then on Thursday, it'll be Bryce Elder versus Tywin Walker. So, 
in the in these pitching matchups, you have to feel that the Braves feel confident in at least two of the three pitching matchups. And the Braves also have had some decent success against Aaron Nola in recent years. So this series is lining up for the Braves to have success, especially if the offense can continue to produce at a high clip. But the best outcome of all would be the starting pitching starting to find its success once again. And that starts with Spencer Strider on Tuesday, limiting the walks, limiting the home runs, mixing in the secondary pitches early in counts, that hopefully should lead to better results for Spencer Strider. And if the offense can back him up with the fact that they're facing a left-hander, in which we know the Braves' offense is arguably the best offense in baseball facing left-handers, this could set up for a series opening win, which can go a long way for this to be another successful series. For the Braves. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to all the great podcast content at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and wherever you get your podcast content, that's where we'll be for free. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer.